You're listening to the Radioactive Summer Break on KRCL 90.9. I'm Laura Jones. And now a conversation about critical race theory with Edmund Fong of the University of Utah, where he's in the political science department and chair of the Ethnic Studies Division. Here's that conversation. Fact or fiction, critical race theory, is this something that's like a graduate student thing or is this something that's being taught in preschool? Well, it's a little bit complicated. So there's nobody, as far as I know, actually teaching CRT writings in the K-12 system. I mean, these are academic scholarly works, often theoretically dense. And so it just doesn't make sense. But, you know, this is a four-decade-old body of thought, uh, and it's it's a credit to, you know, the contributions of that body of thought that it's kind of percolated down and shaped the general ways we think about systemic racism, uh, whatever setting we're in. Um, and so that might inform, you know, some of the things that are going on in the K-12 system, things like trying to be more inclusive in the classroom, because, you know, the way you set up a classroom, if you only call on certain people, then you're going to favor some over others, right? That's basic common sense understanding now. But those are kind of ideas that, you know, you were really strongly developed by early CRT thinkers uh, back in the 1980s or so. So Define critical race theory for us, uh, sure. if you can, in an Instagram world. <laughs> Uh, basically, critical race theory is a body of thought, decades old, that focused, focused in on systemic racism right? and what that means, right? How racism is reproduced in society in ways that are beyond just overt, explicit acts by individuals, right? Uh, and, and often in subtle, unconscious ways. So that's kind of what CRT is. So you said for 40 years, this has been a kind of a developing academic body of work. So how is it applied in research and scholarship? And to the critics of critical race theory, has it become the only lens through which we are viewing things academically now? Um, so I'll take that last one because I think it's simpler. Uh, it's not the only lens. Um, I mean, it's very influential to the point where people will use ideas that sort of came out of CRT without even sort of citing it, you know, or using the phrase CRT. Um, so it's kind of percolated and generalized across many disciplines. Um, but yeah, I mean, CRT originated in the 1970, late 1970s and 1980s by a group of legal scholars who were trying to grapple with the question, well, the civil rights era is basically, you know, over now. Um, and why is it that we still see, you know, really sort of uh, uh, strong evidence of systemic discrimination and racism? Um, and so the effort was to develop ways, concepts of grappling with systemic racism, right? racism that occurs because of kind of when you aggregate, you know, sort of the practices of institutions or certain policies that might seem, you know, innocuous in, in, in the language that they lead to a result that, you know, sort of discriminates against, you know, racial minorities. Um, and so, you know, other scholars and other disciplines over the decades have picked up some of those ideas uh, and used them in their own way to look at systemic racism again uh, in various, you know, environments, right? Education, um, you know, policing, other sort of public policies. Um, you know, so, and even in the workplace, right? Uh, so as I mentioned before, how we often talk about, you know, bias training, right? Uh, and being, trying to create a more inclusive workplace, right? And so this is an area where it's not even simply about race, but, you know, those ideas about how we 
you know, are sensitized to, you know, sort of discrimination on a systemic level can, you know, reach down to gender, can reach down to sexuality, right? If you always sort of hold back, you know, certain folks, again, that, you know, you're going to create a kind of effect that is discriminatory, whether it be gender, sexuality, discrimination, or race. So... All right, Professor, you're the guy who studies this. One of many people who studies this, let me say. So um, what is going on in the moment right now seems to be a politicization or the never-ending politicization of race, talking about race, examining race, being honest with ourselves about race. So what do you think we need to do to, to, to grapple with this as a community or a country? And uh, I don't want to say get over it. I don't want to say move on. But how do we move forward. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that that's a really key point that you mentioned, that this is kind of almost never ending. It's repetitive. Um, in my classes, I often talk about racial politics in American history as rhyming across American history. So it's not always the same thing, right? Same reasons or motivations. Um, but, you know, there is a kind of famil familiar pattern that's almost cyclic cyclical, like almost every 50 years or so we go through this kind of what we're calling now a, a racial reckoning. Right? The last time was really during the civil rights era in the 1960s. Um, so, you know, as often said, politicians will say from both parties will say we need a conversation on race. We need to have a frank talk. Bill Clinton said that exactly, you know, in, in the 1990s. Uh, and to some extent, yeah, we do, because we constantly forget, um, you know, intentionally or not, that, you know, this is still with us, right? We, we look away, we turn aside, we think that things are just going to get better uh, by themselves. And here we are again, where we're confronting with these issues in a divisive way that's really kind of unprecedented in many ways. Um, so even though there are other periods in American history like ours, I mean, I, I, I'm surprised over the last 10 years just how bad it's gotten in terms of sort of rhetoric where you have this false equivalence, you know, regarding the Charlottesville rally a few years ago, right? Where there's, there's many fine people on both sides, right? We've, we've gotten pretty far this time around. So what is needed? Um, not just talk, obviously, um, although that is helpful, um, but we need concerted action on policies. Um, because, again, it's not about bad apples or individuals. It's about sort of really ingrained systemic practices, you know, in American society that kind of lead to these results. And it takes work uh, and determination to try to change them and to keep, you know, eyes on the prize. You know, that sort of historic phrase, right? Um, so that we don't forget and, you know, go through this again, you know, 10, 20, 30 years later. Hmm. Um so, you know, thankfully, this time around, there does seem to be a lot of will uh, among certain sectors of the American population. I think young people are, for the most part, on board. Um, they've taken up the Black Lives Matter banner, I think, for the most part. And that's really heartening to see. We see, you know, politicians, at least within one party, that is, you know, really willing to sort of try to craft, you know, really specific policies that can try to make a difference. You know, no one single policy will do. It's going to take the whole concerted effort. Um, yet we still see, you know, another party that is trying to pull, you know, the sort of 
rhetoric and tools from the past that have been used to kind of damp down and turn aside, you know, sort of meaningful reform. Yeah, it's kind of the same as it ever was moment yeah. as well, like we alluded to to earlier. And, you know, in the punitive nature of social media, and if you don't say it right, or even if you do say it completely wrong, and you are exhibiting racist tendencies, the desire to, <laughs> here's another pop culture reference, vote people off the island isn't helpful. So where are you taking this in uh, class or with other professors at the U to try and, I mean, because, you know, the, the criticism from the right is that this is a hotbed in academia and we're indoctrinating students. What is your take on what's really happening at the uh, campus level? Well, I mean, I can only speak for myself. Um, but, you know, and, and those faculty in my department um, in ethnic studies, you know, we... We understand that race is socially constructed and we hold, you know, a view that race is not essential, right? It's not, we're not determined by our race, even though we're shaped by, you know, systemic racism. So what that means is that we don't, we try very hard not to hold assumptions about the students we educate, right? Um, and the whole basic point of looking at racism at a systemic level it is, is that it's beyond whatever beliefs an individual may have, right? And that we're all sort of born into this and all bear some responsibility for it. Um, so that means some of the thing, criticisms that are often leveled that I've seen against CRT that, you know, teachers or educators are you know, judging or blaming, say, white students for slavery, you know, or something like that. I mean, that is just a non-starter for, you know, for us who, you know, do this work, right? Because, you know, we, we want to believe in change. We want to try to you know, facilitate that. And that's not going to happen if we just sort of automatically assume that, you know, certain groups are racist or sexist or what have you. Uh, and that we have to give, you know, sort of a space for all students to kind of come together to think about these issues, sometimes in emotionally difficult ways, sometimes in frank ways. But, you know, if we don't have those, you know, frank conversations that we won't sort of get to a better spot. Dr. Edmund Fong. Check tonight's show notes for a link to more of his thoughts on critical race theory. Coming up at 7, Democracy Now!, followed by Thursday Night Psych with DJ Mike at 8, Gianni's Dirty Boulevard at 10.30, I Don't Sound Like Nobody with Rich at 1 a.m., Jolene's Illustrated Blues at 3 a.m., and Your Brand New Day starts up again at 6 a.m. with John Florence. Check krcl.org for our full program schedule and the last two weeks of any show when you click the On Demand tab. I'm Laura Jones. Thanks for listening. I'm going to get out of here with Freedom off the new album by John Batiste on KRCL 90.9. It's the Radioactive Summer Break.